Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 146, episode one of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist, yeah. a production of iHeartRadio. <laughs> this is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say, officially, off the top, fuck the Koch brothers, fuck Fox News, fuck Rush Limbaugh, yeah. fuck Buck Sexton, fuck ah. Shapiro, fuck Get them all out Carlson. of here. Uh, it's Monday, August 10th, 2020. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Demon semen, COVID source, Taylor Swift, folklore, Kanye running, Portland trouble, NBA is in a bubble, John Lewis, Herman Cain, Fauci's pitch, Jizz Lane, no election, Trump asks, Karen's out without a mask, Trump's test, blue check hack, unsolved mysteries is back, David Duke, no Olympic Snyder has a name to pick. Uh, there's more. That is courtesy of not. It was not written for me. It was AJ Smith just writing. A, he he pointed out that you could do a different verse of "We Didn't Start the Fire" for every week of 2020. And so we did that for a couple weeks back. Uh, very well written. I'm thrilled to be joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. I think I'm gonna just do the Nine Inch Nails one all over again. Ready? Uh, okay, let me cue yeah. the music up. Okay, no. Uh, yes, today, Miles Gray, <laughs> a.k.a. Someone just tagged me in a tweet of uh, that just said, Sashimi rolling, they hate it. Uh, and when it's about, it was, I think it was some stupid Japanese race of people dressed up like sushi on bicycles. So, yeah, Mr. Sashimi, sashimi rolling, uh, rolling dirty. Uh, thank you so much to that unnamed person who I will figure out at some point, but just not quite yet. Oh, you yeah. know what it was? Kelly Stanaway at Exploding Runes. Thank you. I stand away that... Oh. Uh, well, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the talented, the brilliant Samantha McVeigh. Hey, y'all. I'm not going to lie. I had to step away from the mic from the great song. I, I kind of forgot you guys <laughs> from did the this. Flames. Yeah. <laughs> from the flames. It was too much fire. Yeah. And then immediately the demon se- se- semen. Why? <laughs> right. Got to start with the demon semen. That's a good uh, rhyme. It's it really right was. off the bat, you know, let them know. Oh, it keeps God. going. It goes TikTok ban. Ellen's mean. Hydroxychloroquine. Uh, wow, that was probably the best one, but I, I didn't get one. to it. Oh man, that ah. one really summed it up right I there. Mean, I know. Mail-in ballots might be fake. Why is everything a cake? Uh, yeah. This Keep dude, going. AJ Smith. Fire. That's we didn't start the fire, huh? Yeah. I remember. <laughs> you I- tell from my singing, bro. Uh, I just I just wasn't sure if the title was different. Like, you know, because sometimes it'll be like how I, you know, how I embraced the flame. Like sometimes 80s songs, is you, it was not the chorus. It was the we name of the song. I remember yeah. that was a thing I would say as a kid to my mom, uh, like our friend, my friend, we would say that to our moms, like when we get in trouble, like as a way to for just starting not, a fire. Nah, Did just for like fire? spilling shit. And they just didn't think it was funny. They're like, no, seriously, the mail mailman is hurt because you guys put so much <laughs> grease. I'm like, we didn't start the fire. Yes. He was They're always like that slipping. Pop culture reference. Yeah. Works every time. For me, for yeah. songs like that, I only remember like two words and then I just da 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 and make my own shit up. Well, it didn't so help because it, both our moms were Japanese and did not know the song. And they're like, shut the fuck up and clean this oil. And we're like, okay. <laughs> what? You started a fire? Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. I did start a fire one time. Again? You did? Where? I did one time at my house and one I lied about it until my, until, until my adulthood. <laughs> and they're like, Samantha, they just admit it. And I was like, okay, I did. I didn't mean to. Oh, shit. Wait, oh, you so- did admit it recently? Just as an adult, yeah. But wow. I was—I think I was thirteen. <laughs> I was like, I didn't Damn. know. 
I just that is amazing. What Wait, what was the time? How long? Okay, how long did it you carry that secret like system? It took my early 30s to actually admit it. <laughs> wow, that is so dope. I think about shit like that. Wow. Wait. So what? What was the? What were the? What was the circumstances uh, uh, behind this? Ar- there was arson. matches. There was hanging string. I just wanted to know if I could, if it was flammable. Very how fast it would <laughs> catch on flames, and it right. very fast, very fast, y'all, very fast. <laughs> I love it. Open. I've been with fucking honesty. with smudging a little bit. I've been. Oh, that sage. My, uh, yeah, a little sage, a little rosemary. Not bad for the spirits. Smudge bundle. What spirits are coming for you? Uh, just you know. To what have try you been and doing, clear Jack? out the air. Uh, you know, uh, let's just say been starting a lot of fires. Been it's it's been dark in this <laughs> room where times. I record. So, got to clear out the negative energy. Uh, Are you getting more into the fragrances? Of uh, no, I just like burning stuff. I feel, okay, I so smoke <laughs> is cool. I said the same thing. Your, your yeah. wife's like, look, if you're gonna burn stuff, at least have it be incense or something that doesn't just set off the fire. the smoke detectors. Right. Stop burning plastic in the uh, middle of the room, <laughs> on the floor. There you go. Uh, all right, Smith. We're gonna get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're gonna tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about. Uh, we're gonna talk about the judge who killed the uh, Paramount consent decrees. Uh, which yeah. is something that we've been kind of checking in on from time to time. Showbiz uh, might change, huh? A little showbiz bit. Showbiz is, uh, yeah, thing of the past. Uh, you're now just going to have to go to the local community center and watch uh, puppet shows for your entertainment because uh, <laughs> that, or go to the local Amazon Mind Entertainment Center where you'll jack in <laughs> for three hours for fifteen. Atlanta has a great puppet center. So outside of COVID, it's, it's fantastic. Oh, you have a lit so pu- puppet you? center. Yeah, we have a, a century of puppetry arts. Like, oh man, it's badass. So how dare you? What besmudge you thought I was thing. kidding? I was, I was not besmirching or besmudging. We just got the, <laughs> the Bob when Baker marionette smells great. I'm gonna go with besmudge. Uh, I like smudge or besmirch. Yeah, yeah. smirching. No, besmudge. Yeah, get it together. Besmudging. Uh, smirching without the B is is an interesting word. Smirching with mm-hmm. yeah, DNC. I'm just. I'm kind of glad that nobody's going to pay attention to the Democratic National Convention because the the early rumors are that they are preventing AOC from speaking and putting the Clintons front and center. Uh, so we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about the rush to vaccine, the rush to vaccinate. Uh, we're going to talk about the DA investigating Trump and his company over fraud. And then we're going to get to our Netflix rewatch as I rewatched a a new film uh, called Jurassic Park um, mm. that I, I gotta recommend, guys. Uh, can't wait to hear. Can't wait to hear about it. I've heard a lot <laughs> of terrible things about it. And then you guys, uh, lo- you guys looked at the uh, always classic Malibu Rescue, which mm-hmm. is one of the most influential pieces of pop culture of the past forty years. It act- so. uh, surprisingly a lot more depth than I gave it credit for. I yeah? will say that. Okay, well, we'll get to that. Depth is not what mm-hmm. I was expecting from that. Yeah. Um, so did you do the movies or the series or both? Just the movie that was trending. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, wait, is there a series? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, a I was lot so confused. Mm. She's like, and she's like, Miles is into this show? <laughs> it's like a bunch of kids like running around yeah. in Malibu saving like, shit. Are y'all okay? Is everything okay? <laughs> Uh, but first, Samantha, we like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are, where you are, what you're up to? 
See, that's really hard because as a podcaster and on a network that is all about research, I Google some random stuff and yeah. then some really serious stuff. And the last bit has been who are the female candidates in important elections around the country. So that's what mm-hmm. I've been Googling the last two days. I feel like that's so sad. That's such a serious answer. And I didn't want to give that to y'all, but that's where I am. Right. Is there a female candidate that you're particularly excited about that you just found out about via well, that Google? Via the Google. So Candace uh, Valenzu- Valenzuela, I got this, y'all. Candace <laughs> Valenzuela is the first Afro-Latina in Texas that's coming up. Oh, nice. And that's a really big, big, big election and trying to talk about what the kind of significance would happen if she actually did win. So that's kind of one of those things I'm like really excited about. This could be a turning point, but at the same time really nervous because I don't want to be disappointed. Yeah. Which happens a lot. <laughs> Corey Bush. Corey Bush is also another person yes. who just pulled off an upset yes. uh, yeah. besting William Lacey Clay Jr. Uh, yes. in Missouri. And yeah, she's an activist. She's like, you know, on that wave of people that you're like, these are the these are the kinds of people like I don't we don't we no longer need people who are versed in the arts of like finance mm-hmm. and business. You know, we need people who who's they're leading with their hearts and leading with purpose because the policies have failed. So we right. need people who are purpose driven. And yeah, I'm really stoked to see uh, her be in the race. Yeah, Bush has got some really great um, platforms and some great, really great supports. And it's going to be amazing to see what she does. Yeah. Mm. Uh, none of that is true, according to the Democratic uh, Party, by the way. Uh, the Democratic yeah, right. Party would They're like, like she's a single mother, a nurse right. and a pastor. I don't know. Get out of here with that stuff. Uh, like, what's her, what's her, well. what's her, ti- what's like, what's her take on, uh, capital gains taxes? It's like, what? <laughs> uh, that's not, who does that? That doesn't affect First anybody. question. Yeah. All right. Let me, uh, let me look at your phone here. See how many, uh, donors you got. That's yeah. Uh, right. I, I can't. Oh, you got a lot. Oh, oh, those are, these are actually organ and blood donors. Oh, they talked on <laughs> when I used to listen to a uh, crooked media podcast, they talked about, uh, how the first thing that somebody will do if somebody wants to run for office, they'll go through your phone and count up how many uh, like big donors you have in your contact list. Like that was literally a thing they said without shame. I mean, they yeah. were like, I mean, it's not great, but that's the truth. That's the harsh truth. I we're protect practical... all of my contacts with fake names in my phone book there most you of go. the time. That's smart. Everyone has um, nicknames. So they'll be like, who is Spider Muffins? I'm like, what are you trying to hide, Miles? He's loaded. It's like a, it was a habit from high school. Like when I first got my Spider cell phone, Muffins. like everyone had like nicknames and shit. So it would never be like, oh, that's, that's Corey. Like, you know, it'd be like, oh, that's, that's 32. I would always add something that I have to try to remember about them. So, oh, yeah. you it's, know, but not necessarily helps, nicknames. You know, it, it's a double-edged sword because for a lot of people, I can like, it keeps these memories very fresh as to why they have these nicknames. Other times, like texts come in and it's been years. Or I get a new phone and like the contacts come over. I'm like, I'm sorry, um, Stone Eyes. Who who are you again? <laughs> stone Eyes. <laughs> we, so far, we got Spider Muffins, Stone Eyes. Yo, you uh, don't want to see this phone. I think man. one of these episodes, like for some extra content, we just need to have you read off your uh, read. Imagine your one, one is literally Mushroom Cock. <laughs> Wait, you have Donald Trump's phone number? <laughs> also, yeah, you need to do these screenshots. I'm getting in the White House. Uh, I got to protect, I have to protect the anonymity of my friends. Yeah, because John Favreau is always uh, hacking your phone. Yeah, is the thing that uh, you were hanging out with uh, John and John and John the other day. John, 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 and uh, the other mushroom cock, mushroom cock, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, What is something you think is overrated, Samantha? 
overrated. Um, I have decided houseplants and people who are obsessed. I know it's quarantine and I know there's a lot of stuff that we need to do, but I don't understand this need for houseplants and why you have to have a jungle in your house while you're surrounded by your sadness, your <laughs> death of darkness, <laughs> and your ferns. Why? why do plants make you sad, Samantha? Yeah, what wait, is going, going on? on Sam, maybe what? because, I'm, honestly, maybe because I'm really die. jealous and mine always die and it doesn't matter. They all Got die. It. And I'm pretty sure it's, they're suicidal or something because I'm like, they're trying it's, to get, die on it's me. It's the draining me bad. that I learned. I was not draining. Doing. Like half the time, they're like, "Well, where's the water going?" Like, I don't know. Let's put the water the plant. And I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> people are like, the "It's roof? just sitting there at the bottom. Like it'll right. then it's not it's not properly. It'll be over water." I'm like, "Oh shit!" That's why people will be watering their plants in the sink. I'm like, "That's stupid. Why you leave yeah, your plants in the sink?" Yeah. So there's a lot. Hold of- on one second. I need to bring my uh, closest plant over so I can show it off to you. Do you okay. need to hug on it? Is he gonna go? And He's hug about it? to card in like an award winning Jerusalem tulip. <laughs> Yo, that's not even that's like the garnish they put on a bouquet that you put in like a what? plastic pitcher from Shakey's Pizza. No, I really though. Did you just take a stick from your yard and put it in a in I dirt? know it's I, No Shay, it's that's your even, kids, right? Your kids you, did that, right? <laughs> what? No, this is oh, me. This dag, is dag. this is so dirty, uh so dead. I th- I think this must be the remnants of uh there must have been something else in here. But oh, uh, yeah. so that's this also is not... how unobservant I am is that that's been there for the past three weeks and I haven't well, that's done the anything thing. Maybe it. it's because I'm dead inside and therefore having living things around me makes, reminds me how dead inside I am. Yeah, right. yeah the, I Look, feel like that's you know, overrated. Sam, just embrace the change, you know, because it's the failure of the, the, the plants dying that you fear, you know, just embrace Maybe. that. Just go into Maybe. with some. That's the thing. Uh, succulents helped really restore my faith I've in being able to. Three succulents. How many? Oh, yeah, I know this. People is like, keep giving me plants. Yeah. All right. Well. Why? Plant gang, help her out. <laughs> I'm gonna get yelled at for this, aren't I? How'd you no, no, I mean, succulents. People, yeah. Succulents did you overwater are, them shits? Now, this is one thing that I have to say. People who move to California start getting cocky about being able to keep plants alive and like how great they are. With it, everywhere else in the country, like plants don't grow despite themselves. Like. In California, you just like drop a seed and a plant, like a tree will be there tomorrow. California yeah. is just the easiest place to grow something. So I'll, I'll hmm. maybe extend the. Uh, wow. Okay. But wait, I just saw your plant. And aren't you in California? What? No. That's, uh, <laughs> Hold on. My Zoom, uh, my Zoom connection is dropping out. I got to go. <laughs> Indoor plants are different, okay? Oh, okay the okay. indoors in California are very uh, inhospitable to life. Um, <laughs> Sam, what is something you think is underrated? All right. I really am dead inside as I say this. Uh, I think like grandparent candy or like the old people candy has been underrated because my like life changing. Yes. Mm, love a word. Yes. And they have the little soft shoes now. And that has been my go-to candies. And I've been made fun of plenty because that was exactly what their grandparents had waiting for them. And that's mm-hmm. the commercial, right? The grandparent actually pulls it out of their like pocket or pocketbook, as they would say, and hand it to the kids. Yep. I think that's underrated, and it's delightful. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just Joy. think of like my my grandmother used to keep candy at her house, and it was always like the the the, the old school grand. It was like it would be butterscotch candies, yes. Werther's, them fucking strawberry foil shits that were just oh, generic I love the strawberry, strawberry shit. shit. Yeah, yeah, that and Andy's and Andy's mint chocolates. Those um, are great. Those are great grandparent candies. The one yeah. that 
my grandma uh, on my dad's side would always have the uh, the like red and white mints that they have at the when you leave a oh yeah like the peppermints red, just like, like the swirly ones yeah those are my least favorite candies in existence <laughs> my least favorite was the log candies you know what the I'm talking log? about yeah so it's like a peanut butter crisp log covered with like a white and brown striped candy oh, oh. yeah yeah you know no, what I'm talking that's about not like that peanut generic. Yeah, it was. It's not peanut. No, peanut butter. No. What? Okay, peanut brittle. <laughs> no, it's not. No, peanut no, brittle. It's, it, it's not brittle. It's oh, not okay. a brittle. No, those I think it's called a peanut too. butter bar. Is that what it is? PB. Oh, is that the one that had the stripes? Butter logs. Yeah, it had the that stripes. Had... So it was individually wrapped, but, but the, they the, had, had the, the white, the black stripes on the packaging, mm-hmm. right? And there was and a we yellow them star. Peanut butter logs. So I guess y'all called it something else. <laughs> I mean, look, no, everybody's got regional names. You know, we call them tasty vittles down here in LA. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh yeah, those are gross looking and not what I was thinking. Of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what I missed though? Remember the 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 dinner mints? Like back when you could just dip, put your bare hand into a thing at a restaurant and there was no sanitation guidelines. Nope. But the ones that were like half marshmallowy kind of. You know what I mean? Chewy, that would dissolve uh, like in your mouth like, a little bit. Yes, the mint chew. They're chalky. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like those? I think they call the wedding mints because I, I think I just don't like them. mints, man. I think I'm I mean, just not like mints. For me, it was just sort of like, what can I grab handfuls of that my right. parents won't see me and I can eat like in my room later? And my pockets stink like candy. Right. right. I think we did I that like with the even chocolate mints, but not the not the just straight up mints. Mm. Mm. Um, I still believe in the power of peppermint for your stomach. Kind of like the All ginger right. ale. Okay. Okay. Ginger ale does work. So let's just not let's let's not call that into question at this point. <laughs> the sacredness of ginger ale. Something's wrong with your stomach. You'll drink ginger ale. Your ginger. Um, yeah. The ginger beer. Ginger everything. Ginger oh. all the things. There you go. Uh, and finally, Sam, what is a myth? What's something people think is true? You know to be false, or vice versa. See, this is what I've been thinking on this because uh, last time I came in, I wasn't quite prepared. Uh, but I think one of the things that, again, God, I'm such a sad sack. I, I'm just, I'm just always a sad sack. Uh, that the whole idea that if you have the means, that adoption is a great answer for you, and it should be a family who adopts a kid, and I think that's a complete myth. And not adoption is not for everyone, and especially adoption is not necessarily for rich people. So stop it. Mm-hmm. Stop it. Mm-hmm. All right, and also the term about... rehoming for young children is awful. Right. right. Awful. Just want to go with that. But I've been thinking on this quite a bit. I don't, I guess you can tell because we've been <laughs> talking a little bit about adoption and that's been in, in our episodes on, our, on my podcast. But I'm like, hmm, I think we just need to go ahead and let people know. Please talk, stop talking about loving Jesus and how you're going to save these kids. Just stop it. Just stop oh, it. interesting. Okay, so because I'm completely ignorant to the adoption scene, the game, what that's like. I mean, the last few stories I've read have been in relation to like really awful stories. To your right. point, if people would like, we have these big hearts, right. and yes, this child may be a murderer from Ukraine. I don't know, and I will say that when I abandon them to justify right. this. Um, right. But like, so I mean, like, I'll, uh, educate me because I'm completely ignorant to the myth you're even sort of dispelling. Right. So this whole idea that the reason, well, as you know, it's still a big topic about religious rights and organizations, foster care organizations and adoption agencies being able to deny LGBTQ plus couples Mm -hmm. from adopting, saying that to truly have a good family and upbringing, it needs to be a a nuclear family, essentially a Christian family, male, woman, you know, having that and having the means. And that's 
that's it. That's right. kind of the whole. That's like, all you need. If you yeah. can do that, and you can pay the you know thirty thousand dollars to bring a child over, go for it. Um, I mean, just like anecdotally, I'm like my friends with the gay parents is doing way better than right. my friends oh, with yeah. the, the nuclear family. So well adjusted, right? So, so yeah, that's the conversation that I've had with many people. That right. honestly, the LGBTQ plus because they understand trauma. They are mm-hmm. probably a little more, and this is not necessarily researched. This is sure. not something that I have looked into. But as a social worker that's been in that industry, they're mm-hmm. probably more able to handle trauma as versus to a family who wants the perfect looking family. Right. Um, and I know the YouTube uh, couple, uh, the Stoffers, I don't know if you know any about this, adopted no. a kid, an autistic kid from China. I want to say China. I'll have to go back and look at that. Um, and realized, oh my God. It's hard. It's hard having an adopted child from a different country who ha- also has autism. And it's not necessarily difficult because he is difficult, but because they don't understand how right, to handle right. or cope. And so they made a lot of money, a lot of money through their YouTube channel um, with talking about how uh, philanthropic this was and how amazing of a couple they are and doing all of these things for this kid. And then he just disappeared. And everybody was like, what happened to this child? And by the way, they had their own biological children as well. And everybody kept asking, where, where is this kid? Where is the kid gone to? And they came back with a statement. We had to rehome oh, Huxley was his name. Wow. We had to rehome Huxley um, because we were not able to you know, deal with his issues. And it was, became a huge thing. Where, like, they, they called it issues? It, yeah. They were um, like, they, we had they, an early atypical child that we were wholly unprepared, like, uh, because of him, you know, we didn't know what the exactly. hell was going on That's with that. Exactly. So, you know, we had to rehome. It's just wow. very selfish. It is such a whole big thing. They made yeah. a lot of money. They made a lot of sponsorships. And I remember then they had to come back with that. Yeah. yeah. So as of June, they were investigated. And finally, I think people have forgotten about it, essentially, um, because the truth of the matter is when it comes down to adoption, which is really gross. I honestly discourage a lot of people. I, as an adopted child, of course, am very grateful, but also can tell you the struggles that I've had to deal with growing up. And even now as an adult, trying to struggle through some of my identity stuff mm-hmm. and what it feels like as an interracial family. And I say right. interracial, I'm the different race of the rest of my family and what that looks like, especially today. And the idea of I grew up in a Southern home with a white family. So go from there. Um, right. But what it looks like when you really need to look at the fact that this is not going to be a hallmark story. Uh, right. This child's going to be grateful to you and you've right. saved Right, understand them. what comes along with it. Right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's, a, it's a thing. And I'm actually very discouraging to people that I'm like, you really need to understand these are the things that's going to happen to you. And that's the good, like the best case scenario. They're like, but I was just watching This Is Us. Yes. And, yes. Uh, you know, I, I found a wayward teenage uh Teenage, and we just like cried and hugged each other, and we yeah. were okay now. And it was weird. Yeah, at <laughs> first they were breaking side, shit. I feel like also yeah. Yeah, something like that. There's and probably buildup of the white savior, and you're like, no, yeah. this is this is why this is so wrong. Just to, and, it's just enough to have right. a big house, and, right? And you're good. Um, and, and two people as a couple, great, right? The yeah, two, Jesus. I'm sorry, heterosexual yeah. couple. Yeah, the the means thank argument you. that pe- the, <laughs> thank you. the means argument that people have though is really like. Is something because again, some of the most fucked up people I know come from means. You right. know what I oh mean? Because the the philosophy of the parents was, man, the fuck you need, man. I got all this money and shit. What you hungry right. here? Here's like three hundred bucks. I'll be back on Sunday night, and it's right. like Friday morning. You know what I mean? And it's just like, and then we would go there and party. 
because right. it's like, yo, the parents love like, you know, all this cash. Like we can just order pizza all day. There's no parents here smoking my weed. Right. And then they're missing, you know, that real like parental upbringing that they miss. Uh, and then I realized through my therapy that I was actually ending, I was raising some of these kids. Right. Uh, right. Some of my relationships ended up being me raising some of these kids because the parents were like, hey, man, you're the smart kid. Like help them out. Right. And I take wow. that on literally, and then I'm like, holy shit, man. Like, the dad made me raise his son. Right. The fuck? And that kid ends up in your phone as spider muffins. Or yep. mushroom yeah. Or or, or sigh. Dad's disappointed. <laughs> That's too rough. Stop it. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And we're back. So we touched on last year when the Department of Justice was starting to re-examine the 71-year-old consent decrees, which were sort of preventing uh, the entertainment industry from becoming like just giant monopolies, basically. Yeah, from like fully meddling in the entire process of like, we own the studio. We own the intellectual property. And then at a certain point, it was like, we also want to own the theaters or at the very least make the theaters do whatever we say because we make the movies that they need to project in their theaters. So it was stuff like block booking is one of the things that was like one of the main things it was preventing, which is sort of like Disney would go to like an AMC and be like, look, if you want Mulan, you got to take all this other bullshit too and put it at minimum these screens. I'm like, I don't know if that's good for business, but the whole cudgel is, oh, do you want Star Wars? Then you're right. taking you're then you will show these other films at your theater. And because of that, because that is not allowed, you know, theaters are a little bit uh, more able to independently program things, although, you know, for the most part, it's the same fare wherever you go. But by, you know, these decrees being lifted, that will bring, you know, that means things like block booking or circuit dealing, which is sort of like if you have a circuit of theaters, like you need to have this very expensive license to show all the films in this circuit of theaters. So it's all these other business practices that are predatory. And the opponents are saying that, you know, even though they're like sunsetting uh, some of these provisions like for two years, so like it'll be like two years until like this whole idea, like where you could uh, potentially do block booking again would come back as a way to sort of get their heads around how to transition the industry. But at the end of the day, the DOJ's argument is sort of like these antitrust laws that we have now are like adequate. So even if we lift these, it's all good. But then opponents are like, but you're not actually even pointing out the things that these decrees were preventing are bad and potentially cause problems and like anti like l lack of competition. Right. So like um, to somebody to a listener who's just, uh, you know, a film goer, your average film consumer, like how do, how does this uh, affect them? I mean, first, it's probably going to affect, I think, independent theaters. Right. right. Uh, That's what I was going to ask. Is it going to kill off all of our independent that's theaters? That's really, those are the pe those are the ones that are really, really going to be in trouble. Because, like, for example, if you're an independent theater, like, well, I only want Star Wars. And they're like, well, here's the deal. Uh, you got to take all this other shit, too. And you're like, well, I don't really have the capacity. And like, well, then you don't get Star Wars. So right. that's that. Um, that's, you know, that is a very the aggressive way of it looking. And then also, like, it could be a thing where some theaters just become extensions of the studios themselves. Right. Like, you, have your you Disney will. Movie theaters, you have your. And Disney yeah. being the best case scenario because they now own every uh, movie. But, like. That's you know. and that's when we were talking about last time with this is because Disney owns such a. Just an incredible amount of market share that 
with a lot of these decrees lifted, they have a very, they have a lot of weight they can throw around when it comes to like how business is done with movie theaters. Um, so it's right now, you know, everyone's like, don't worry, it's going to be fine. Everyone's saying it'll be okay. Like some of the companies that were in the original consent decrees, like RKO and like MGM, like they don't even exist anymore. So it's really not like the same, but you know, like anything, it, it, all it's doing is creating a lot of possibilities that people like the Directors Guild and Writers Guild and a lot of independent theater operators are saying this could, so, you know, wipe everything out. Is that why that little Twitter post was such a big thing? The one that the dude is beating up on the Milan poster? I was very confused by that, by the oh, way. Oh, that was a different story. That one, oh, is it different? That was, okay. Yeah. I didn't know if that was because of Disney. Well, yeah, they, that, that, was a, that was a French film. I think what they said was it was a French theater owner when he found out that Mulan was just going to be put out on streaming and he's like owns a theater and they have this massive in lobby display that he was just tearing down. Cause he was so pissed that he's like, well, that's not money coming through my doors now. Right. Okay. Okay. I didn't yeah. know if he just really hated Mulan and they just announced that Mulan is going to come out on Disney plus the same weekend that the first major theater release is coming. The, that uh, no Christopher Nolan's tenant. So like he, is I think all theater owners are pissed. Disney, like, in order to kind of throw them a bone, we're like, no, it's okay. We'll charge people thirty dollars <laughs> to rent the or to download this movie, and like, just pass the shit on to the people. Uh, make them no pay one will extra, notice because God knows uh, Americans have so much disposable income at this point, but. Yeah, I mean, on the other hand, though, Miles, it's going to be tight when you can have, like, a crossover with, like, Marvel, X-Men, DC, like, just it's everything's made by one mega studio yep. and and then like, they can set the ticket prices too because they can they... set the ticket prices but it'll be super tight because like superman can chill with wolverine and yes the ideological content of the movie will be telling you that this sort of thing is okay uh but it'll still <laughs> right. be super tight and the effects will be awesome so who's yeah, gonna I... win what studio is gonna win out this whole battle disney. royale disney. yeah disney's okay. like disney should already they've they, already they need to, <laughs> that sounds they need right. to start taking a look at but yeah that's the other things to say is like you know the decrees also prevented studios from like setting minimum prices on tickets too so there's a lot of shit that they're saying like well you know people just aren't gonna do that anyway like it's just it's it'll help competition that's what they always say that this these you know regulations hinder competition uh so I'm I'm that dubious at best. Funk dubious. Um, mm -hmm. Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do wonder, like all the kind of uh, quote unquote like geek culture, the mainstreaming of geek culture, and like all the people talking, being excited about crossovers. Uh, I do wonder if that was like seeded by. I wouldn't be surprised if when we look back in history it will have been seeded by like the same way that Russia used trolls. Like I'm sure Disney's smart enough to have been, have their marketing campaign using trolls to like make it seem like people are excited for that shit. So if that they're they really playing consolidate the entire entertainment industry. I mean, the place to look is just to look in the programming of the last 20 years of children's programming and just be like, they're like, it's weird. I saw in like I, I didn't catch this in Aladdin, the whole thing about like lifting the consent decrees, the Paramount consent decrees. <laughs> if you look in the background, yeah, it's weird. Instead of saying, uh, 
sex in the clouds of the Lion King. Yeah. <laughs> Lift the Paramount consent decrees. <laughs> <laughs> and it may seem like we're unloading on Disney, but that's just because they're probably going to own us in a couple days. So we're just getting all the shit talk out of the way uh, right now. I just need now to know who because... the overlord's going to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know where to go. So, so we can not talk shit about them. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's talk about... Uh, so the DNC, uh, Democratic National Convention, is probably or definitely not going to happen in any real sense. It's going to be like an online thing. It's going to be a shitty work Zoom call. Right. Um, like essentially. Have you guys seen the commercial for that? That little animation they have for the six feet? Like CNN has been putting it up about the no. DNC and the RNC where it's like an, uh, the elephant and the donkey and then they measure six feet away and it ends with him saying, this is the uh, most we've ever talked. Oh, wow. Aww. I saw this the other day. I was like, what the fuck is this? What is happening? <laughs> so the message is like, if only we could get the Democrats and Republicans to talk to each other and get on the same side, then we'd be okay. So something, it's pretty much just advertising that it's coming. Like the oh, okay. DNC is coming and the RNC is coming, but they're not saying when or where. But it's just like, I don't know why they have it. I don't know if it's just a filler, but I was yeah, very confused right. about what is happening. Why did they someone do this? What is what's going on? We accidentally aired a screensaver and uh, seemed like content. So we just <laughs> left it up. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so anyways, the Democratic, like, I, I think it's at least worth looking at where the DNC's head is at. Uh, the Democratic Party's head is at because apparently uh, they are preventing AOC from speaking uh, and putting the Obamas and the Clintons front and center. Um, mm -hmm. Good, good, great, great. My analysis of this uh, is you have honestly got to be fucking kidding me with this shit. That's what I wrote. Um, <laughs> that's... I... So the most charismatic, electrifying force in the party since Barack, they want to push her to the back in favor of the person who lost the last election and her sexual predator husband. And that's that's where we're at. They just yeah. because they're a, a known quantity. And it's just I feel like they should have learned that lesson from the John Lewis funeral and the eulogy. Like mm -hmm. right? everybody just cringed so hard. The minute I saw him pop up, I had to turn to the station. I was like, I can't I, Except I for don't them. want to see this. Except for the Democratic Party. They weren't cringing. They were like, because <laughs> hey, man, you said it. You said it, Bill. It's it's the same thing like the theory, Jack, about like when a celebrity gets like famous, like they lose their life skills from that point on. Like it's the same thing with politicians. Like the heyday, the, their heyday, like they're stuck in that moment where like right. Bill Clinton is tight as fuck. He's gonna come right. out with that sax, and black people are gonna be like, ah! and they're like, this is fucking excellent. You know what I mean? No one's thinking in where we are now, <laughs> exactly. and it's just really, really fucking lame. And it's even think like AOC. The, the end of last year, I remember, which felt honestly, and we could all say that felt like 15 years ago. Yeah. Well, when the when the primary, the presidential primary, like, who's going to get the nomination? Da, da, da. I remember when the squad people were like, oh, man, whoever the squad endorses, like, that's going to be big. And now we're seeing them like sort of a backlash, I think, from that, too, where yeah. it's like, dude, keep these people out the spotlight. Obama's going to even sit on his endorsements of these people in the, at least the first wave. So it doesn't quite say put the message out that the DNC and Obama is not fucking with them right now. But, you know, there's that possibility when he does his second round of endorsements that they could get it. It's just very I think we see that the the establishment realizes that already now, I think, because at this point, millennials and younger make up 
the majority of the human life in this country that, you know, they're they're trying to, you know, delay the the passing of the torch as long as possible, because there's many people who I think our generation of people look at as being the kinds of politicians we'd like to see in office versus the stepdads and stepmoms of our childhoods that we see in office now. The fact that they would let the Clintons anywhere near <laughs> the fucking spotlight is so unnerving to me. Yeah. About just like where, even if Biden wins, which, you know, I I want him to win more than I've ever wanted a presidential candidate to win anything. And I'm just not excited about him at all. But I just, I, you know, we can't, we can't do another four years of this shit. No. But if he wins, like what, it's just going to be so infuriating. The party in power, the way, the way the Democrats, but maybe, I don't know, maybe they can be reformed while in power. Maybe they can primary yeah. Biden after he wins. The smart move is you you convince voters right now with your VP candidate that, guess what, man? Biden isn't the DNC, man. He gets it. We get it. Like, we're going to have to do Medicare for all. We're going to have to actually, like, have more robust self social safety nets. And then they'll, we'll get in there, and then it's going to be, let's just maintain the status quo, and we'll just do incremental, incremental legislation uh, when really— you know, I think everyone is just so hungry for solutions because we're ex like everyone is exhausted unless you're someone who is living in the, you know, blessed five percent and up where you just don't, you know, there's a there's a there's like a, a world you live in now where not many of the world's ills affect you, uh, but it affects pretty much everybody else. And I think that's just like is someone just willing to look at this sober and say, like, yeah, this is bad. Actually, we don't need to say, like, America's so great. Number one, you can say. Yeah, a lot of this stuff is fucked up, but you know what, everybody? Let's figure out how to change it rather than like trying to protect the ego, the collective ego of the nation and like acting like things aren't so bad and we are just leaving people behind by the, right. by the, the hundreds of thousands, millions. Honestly, I'm surprised they didn't bring on Bush. Just the way right. they are like just pulling him up as if <laughs> oh, he was the ultimate. Absolutely. <laughs> Republican totally I mean, president. They are I'm bringing like, what Kasich is happening? Forward. Yeah. I think Kasich is going to be like one of their main speakers. So yeah. it's all about oh. getting that. That sloppy soft middle, you know, yeah. Just yeah, that spooning middle ground, it in. They, they know, Making like, it, yeah, like some to get WWF those white shit. Hey, like white women, WWF. please look at this. <laughs> We're like uh, The Rock when he became the corporate elbow, when he joined the corporation. I don't know if you remember that. Anyway, it was like when you saw the guy join up with the bad guys, and people were like, whoa, what's this mean? Like in the same way, they could be like, Bush has come to this side, y'all. And they're like, ah! But it's all meaningless because at the end of the day, we still have people dying uh, of COVID-19. We have no national plan. We have no way to actually help small business owners because now people are trying to figure out every way to advocate for themselves when really we just need to be looking at where, where all the money is going and say, can you stop sucking the money for one second? Mm -hmm. Can you stop for one second so we can get on our feet for a moment? And then let's figure out what we're going to do. But there's you can't keep wringing out the dollars from people when we're all dried up. Uh, and that's what's so interesting. Like there's not people aren't even understanding like the logic of that. It's like there's nothing to extract right now from people, but they still want to. And people can say what they want about Bush politically, but he is my favorite visual artist. And he does yeah, have a facts, new facts. Uh, book, book dogs, of paintings. All the out. dogs. Uh, this one actually pays tribute to immigrants. Uh, so he's no, like, it does oh, not. I did We're see good. this. Yes, yes, he did a whole book on immigration, even though he was many, the one. One, and he just painted a bunch of portraits. Of out of many, immigrants. Juan. 
<laughs> that was actually my my that first one. They didn't like that. <laughs> you know, sure, the creator of Ice decided yeah. you wanted to do a book of exactly. immigration. You're like, yeah. what the fuck are you doing? Sit back down, dude. But then I got Sit a cease and desist from Paul Rodriguez. There's a movie called A Million to Juan. <laughs> Did you see that movie? No. No, oh, Paul Rodriguez. Not the really? skateboarder. His dad. Yeah. Okay. Y'all, y'all weren't y'all weren't up on a uh, dumb comedies from the nineties. I feel like I just need a I show am, where I talk I don't about this know nonsense. This one. Oh yeah, maybe it was like just big for Angelinos. Hmm. Hmm. Georgia, you know, we don't yeah. do anything that has any Spanish. Nineteen ninety four. Just so you know, the modern sin on Mark Twain's story: the million pound banknote. I don't, I'm going to have don't. to go Google that later. All right, yeah, well, okay. I've completely this derailed is... that segment. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Just <laughs> silence. Dan, could you put some crickets in there? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, real quick, let's hit these two stories that we've had on the dock for a couple days. Uh, experts are saying that the White House probably uh, shouldn't be rushing the vaccine the way that they are. Um, no. They're just making it seem like, let's get this thing out there. The Operation Warp Speed, which is... Always good uh, when a scientific process, a research process, uh, is being done at warp speed. Yeah. Uh, granted, I want I want a vaccine as fast as anybody else, but what what are the issues that they're calling out, Miles? Well, the the whole thing is Trump is like, I need this vaccine yesterday, uh, and because the only thing now it's like, okay, well, if I can do enough voter suppression, fuckery, and these other things, plus rah rah, announce a vaccine. That might be enough just to get people to forget that probably around 200,000 people will have been dead by that point, if not more, um, of COVID-19. So right now, like there's everyone's looking at it. There's like two vaccines that are that have trials right now, and it's not going to inoculate like a full actual uh, cohort of like the actual test subjects until September. Mm -hmm. So they're saying like. Okay, and then as we're doing that, we still have to gather all kinds of like data on efficiency. Like probably, like if we're gonna do it normally, we'd probably be doing that around December at the earliest. And then right. so once we, so that's the thing. The the data has been gathered at that point, and then they would have to do some research after that. So to the idea of something happening in November is just like that's just on a fully accelerated timeline. Or like that's completely reckless. They also just say. They don't want to undermine people's faith in science either. You go out there and telling people like, we're going to have that shit done in November, blah, blah, blah. And it comes out and it's flawed or it's not ready or whatever. Then people, there's another talking point that will come out where people are like, well, you see what happened? It doesn't even work. Like, what are these scientists talking about? So they're also afraid that like, please don't put all your hopes and dreams into this either. Like, don't. Be, don't talk about all this shit out loud. Like we're just doing the thing that we're researching. Don't start saying, "Oh, come in this fall to Fox, uh, the vaccine," because there's still things going on. And the, what makes it really disheartening is that like Health and Human Services is behind the entire rollout, and they are talking about this like it's it's like the new McDonald's monopoly game. Like right. the way they're going to talk <laughs> about it. They're like, think about, this is a quote from someone at Health and Human Services. Think about it as a four to six week period of time, very intense, multi-channeled, highly targeted based on what we've learned about the vaccine. So you may not hear a lot about promising vaccines over the airwaves in August and September, but you'll be overwhelmed by it come November. Like what? Are, we're not launching a new It's a marketing TV show. campaign. Yeah, yeah it's, it's marketing. a marketing campaign. And they're saying that despite the fact that we have no idea what the state of the vaccine is going to be at that point. They're just like, we're going to 
put something in your arm. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll figure that shit out. We're going to test it'll it on be people a little, uh, first. Because the other thing is, too, like, once you get it, the vaccine, and you're out there, depending on how you would potentially interact with it, like, it depends on what the level of the infection rate is in, like, the area you're in. So there are a lot of ways to sort of look at the data. It's not just like, okay, and then September, all these people are all good. It's fine. You don't know where they've been. You don't know, like, if they've actually come into contact, whatever. So all this to say is that this is like a massively delicate operation because we're dealing with something that we really want to be effective. This can't be like, you know, when PlayStation 2 comes out in the first week and people are like, the CD drive doesn't work. And then people <laughs> get all mad. Like, don't play around with people because this this is going to there's all this is a lot more important than I think the even the White House understands. Like, yes, it could be a great motivator, but it could really, really, really fuck with people's perception of like what, you know, the research is able to promise because most people are really ignorant around these processes and they just think it's like making a fucking, you know, like anything you'd make in a factory. Like, well, was it designed in CAD? All right, then just start rolling it out. Like, right. just start shitting them out on the factory. Let's, but isn't uh, that what the White House is kind of all about? Donald Trump wants to be right. the one and the first one to say yeah. it, no yeah. matter what, because exactly. he has to have that credit just in case it's right. It's almost yeah. like he's just throwing all of it out there. So out of the... Two percent of chance that it's right, he can say, "I fucking told you, I'm the best." Yeah. That's the and, whole gamble. Yeah, and he's gonna do it, and I will be so interested to see what the science community has to say around that time. He's going like, "Yep, this is it. We've got it, folks. Get ready for November. Everything's gonna be fine." But you just gotta reelect me, and then you get the vaccine. Right. Right. <laughs> That's and true. then even I bet like he the, does do that. Yeah, who holds a, the country hostage? I mean, already the rates that some people have been talking about with some of the treatments have right. been astro fucking nomical. So the other part is how much is it going to cost, and yes. who's going to be able to be able to get access to that, as well as who are you testing it on to show the risks? Like yeah. what's happening? I, yeah. I mean, everybody's gonna. They're gonna have to make it for free, like that, or not make uh, it for free, but give it out for free. Like, what the uh, fuck are they? Do you think they will though? Yeah, I I think that's like just just the unpopularity of trying to charge people money for the vaccine to like a global pandemic that has destroyed the economy would be a step too far. And I I have never been negatively surprised by this country. So or the uh, pharmaceutical industry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, if there's anything we know about Big Pharma, testing. they get it at a certain point. Because you know? <laughs> when you look at big, like the testing, even like who gets access to what types of tests, it's still limited. Yeah, and you're kind right. of like, why isn't this accessible? It's the testing. Like, it, it, yeah, we're, yeah. Not, we're not able to. Not everyone is access access and to it. The, we know the people who are with Trump; they're getting the good stuff, the good testing to tell you within well, two even days. Then, because Mike Dewine, he tested positive. And then they're like, oh, fuck it, man. Get another test, man. He's going to meet the president. And then he tested negative. Right. And then people are like, you see? But then it's like, oh, hold on. You have to realize that some of these, a lot of these tests have more false negatives than, than they do. So positives. like, than false yeah. positives. So like, false positives if anything. False extremely, extremely rare. Yeah. It's like, if anything, you just got a false negative because you you just hurried up another test. Right. And hey, that's a, you should a go lot hang with the, Trump. Yeah, a lot of the experts have been saying like, yo, the tests are whack as fuck out here. Like, we got the... <laughs> Look at the fucking yeah. like C grade test. We don't have like the Ross dress for less B grade tests. We've got like the fucking I don't even know. Like there, then there. Yeah, there's like everything in this country. There's levels to this shit, and even the tests that people are getting. Yeah, uh, and then the DA is investigating Trump and his company over fraud in New York. That's 
you know, a story from earlier this week, but I, when I first saw it, my eyes kind of passed over it. I thought I already knew that he was being investigated for fraud, but, um, basically the revelation came that, you know, after this, a month after the Supreme court paved the way for the DA to subpoena his tax filings, we have new filings that suggest that we used to think it was just going to be about hush money payments Michael Cohen made on the Stormy Daniels thing, but it's much broader in scope and involves massive repeated for alleged bank and insurance fraud. Uh, yeah. Which is, so just hush money. It's out. got it all, man. It's uh, and Deutsche Bank too. The latest thing was like Dave was reported that they handed all his records over. So yeah, they're probably looking at the whole thing now. That's why they're my favorite favorite company in America, Deutsche but Bank. But all the but then all the Never all that'll happen is you put another corpro corpo defender in the White House, and right. who, what does it mean anyway? You just got that one out. I'm gonna wait for ten years from now to see the movie to see what happened. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just say yeah. Plug your ears now. You're like, nah. This movie's gonna be so good. I'm not spoiling this shit. <laughs> no spoilers. No spoilers. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back to talk about Jurassic Park. And we're back. And what do you guys want to talk about first? You want to talk Malibu Rescue? Yeah. Let's talk yeah, let's Malibu talk. Rescue. Yeah. I, I just saw some like clips. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk about it. <laughs> Never go to the White House to watch teenagers on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> um, Malibu Rescue is a straight up kids show. Uh, and at the time, I was like, what the fuck? This movie's only an hour and 10 minutes. I'm like, this isn't a movie. This is not. Uh, and then as I look, I'm like, okay, so it's already a series uh, about these kids who are just like, I, I'm guessing I haven't seen the series, but based on the movie that they are some kind of rescue team. Um, and like, they're all like little teenagers. Uh, but the interesting thing about the movie is like it, the second I watched it, I was like, damn, this is like a fucking cartoon just with human beings. Like everything from it, the opening felt like some Paw Patrol shit. Like the first scene is like a rescue and it's like, yo, Shorty, go over there on your jet ski. You, you too. And like, they're like flying in like a formation to like get this paddleboard who's about to get eaten by Mako sharks and shit. Mm -hmm. And like, they go and they do their thing. Like they swirl around to scare the sharks away. The rescue boat comes in, pulls the guy and they're like, great. And it felt like, I was like, oh, okay. This is very easy to wrap your head around. If you're a kid transitioning from like cartoons to like IRL people content. Is um, one of the kids a master of disguise and they trick the shark into thinking that they're an oracle whale. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> they're like, whoa. Uh, no, but the, the movie is very formulaic and easy to follow. And it's essentially about like these kids. They're like the bad news bears of like Underdogs. youth. Yeah. Like lifeguards. And then they find themselves having to replace Team USA like in the World Beachmaster competition. Um, I do have yeah. to ask this since I'm in Georgia and I mm -hmm. don't know much about California. I love California. Yeah. But and this was a very accurate Why is the valley? I mean, in the 80s, I remember the valley is really bad because basically these kids <laughs> are from the valley and they're like, no one from yeah. the valley will be on our team. So yep. I'm really confused why people hate the valley. Why do people hate the valley? Samantha, Classist. it's pure Classist. trash. The people from the <laughs> valley are garbage humans. Uh, no. I, Miles, I'm going to write this tell down. Tell her about the valley. I'm not joking, dude. That actually hurt. <laughs> and Miles know. quits. Um uh just give me um hold on. <laughs> give him a minute. Uh yeah. so it's it's just it's classist. You know what I mean? I think because right. 
the the moneyed people of the city tend to live on the west side, on the other side of the hill, as we say colloquially here. Um, but in the beach areas and the valley is like, yeah, you working class people, uh, and just we're 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 gross. That's why I fuck with New Jersey because the, like people in New York were like, oh, the fucking people from Jersey, the bridge and tunnel folk. Right. I'm like, yes, but guess what? We are the real people of this city, at least L.A. I say that. Um, so you know. It, it, that's that's really the hate is like oh you're poor and gross and we're rich oh. and we're from here so that's all it is okay because yeah. I was just like why I feel like after 20, 30 God, I'm old 40 yeah. years you, they would have gone past the valley bit I it would really, assume valley had gotten um, gentrified and now the cool place to live I mean it is it gentrified is. which is funny because in the 80s like everybody who wasn't a star of a show lived in the valley so like everybody <laughs> who was like a camera operator a writer a producer right. like if you didn't have that if you were making big bucks those are like the people who are living in the valley at first because the studios were are in the valley as well, or a lot of them. Um, so you know, it's okay. But it, I mean, the, Paul but, Thomas Anderson grew up there, and like a lot of his early work is very yeah. like defined by the valley. The valley is like I, I feel like the New Jersey thing. I was actually thinking about that the other day when we were talking about uh New Jersey culture in general and how like it has a very specific like uh geographical like gravitational pull and like sense of place in all the work that comes from new jersey whether it's sopranos or uh, bruce springsteen and like meanwhile the people in new york like look down on it and it's like well there's actually like there's a lot of great art that comes yeah. out of there and what do you guys have woody allen uh yeah. <laughs> but uh you know it, it, same thing with the valley like there's so much like beautiful art and just like rami malik rami Catherine mcphee Boom. Rachel Bilson, Boom. okay, Dave My Navarro, tour. <laughs> uh, uh, who else? Paul Thomas Anderson, Flying Lotus, okay. Yeah. The Valley is out here, but yeah, yeah the, but that's all it is. And I think it just, it's just, it's like any show where you just set up like the townies and the whatever right. dynamic of any geographic region. Just like when we were, just with the Outer Banks, we saw. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. The exactly. OBX, dude. Um. So, but yeah, and then the movie goes on to be, you know. They, the whole thing is just very much like an 80s film where it's like, if we don't win the competition, enough kids won't be interested in Junior Rescue and there will be no Junior Rescue. So we got to basically quote, you know, like this is their their rec center that they have to save in this film. Junior uh, Rescue is the rec yeah. center. Got it. But all this to say is when I was looking at it, I'm like, who is behind this? Because it felt very like this is interesting. This guy, Savage Steve Holland, the guy who who wrote and directed oh Better Off Dead God. and One Crazy Summer, he created this show and directed this this whole thing. So he, this is the man who was making 80s teen content is like and made like Eek the Cat and all kinds of other things in the 90s. It culminated like this is where he is now. Why did you call him Savage Steve? Is that what you have him in as a contacting your phone or is that that's what, what he goes by? I was watching the end and it says directed by Savage Steve Holland. He's an art like so he went to Cal Arts, I think around the oh, okay, same. OK, OK. So he, like he started off as an artist doing cartoons and Got then it. like that turned into like writing like Savage is like his nickname. But I guess that's what he, he's just like, I don't know. It's so just I'm not saying it's a cool thing. And he goes, by yeah, Savage. Savage yeah. Yeah. And you should have seen him do the Savage challenge on TikTok. It was trash. <laughs> Uh, but it, but it was interesting to think like, cause he, who is that one guy from Revenge of the Nerds that's also in Better Off Dead and One Crazy Summer? The dude with the curly hair who's kind of like Booger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's in 
Beach Rescue. Like he has a what? little cameo in it, and I'm like, really? damn, you're the fucking homie. Like you're even giving him work still. Like That's you dope. haven't forgot. You like I had your back on one crazy summer. I had your back better off dead. I'm giving you some work now. Do you, is there like an aesthetic? Curtis there, like, Armstrong. That's his name. Curtis Armstrong. Is does Malibu Rescue have like an aesthetic that like feels like kids will one day feel nostalgic for this? I don't know. What do you think, Sam? I'm not gonna lie. So I just watched clips because yeah, I was really fine. confused about whether or not we were doing movie or the series, and I'm like, I'm not watching the series. They can't make me. <laughs> that's that's the, how it went down. As I was watching the clips, I'm sitting here going, Yeah, it's very much like Netflix is trying to do their own version of Disney's movies, the children's movies, and yeah. trying to get those in. Same like the Kissing Booth, which I've not watched, and all of that too. So I don't know because I feel like there's so much content. It's hard to classify what's going to be classic and cult right cultish yeah. later on i just have to ask though is brody the nuke chad for all these movies because i've seen that name come up for all the bros of the the antagonists yep. and it's brody. all thing i think it's just I'm all so like old. people who just saw brody jenner on the hills and were like yeah that's the new name that's for fair. some rich asshole that guy seems cool yeah, that douchebag. Yeah. No, he's the douchebag of all right, the shows. Right, right. Yeah, oh, yeah. he's the douchebag. Oh, dude, yeah, the white douchebag of all the shows. Total douchebag. Total nice. douchebag. And Love you it. know, the one of the main characters poisons the whole team with uh, rotten coleslaw. Spoiler alert. Uh, this is why so, I stay away from mayo. Gross. What is your yeah. personal name for a douchebag white guy? Don't say Jack Miles. Don't say Jack. Uh, Even me. if that's the truth. Uh, After that, Ali comment. How about this, John? <laughs> In my face. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's always no, been what Brant is Brant or Tyler. Brant. I'm to... Brant? Brant. Yeah. Wow. That's specific. I don't know. Is any... it? Man, I, maybe I should not say that. Maybe the person who uh, <laughs> a, a guy who... gave me that preference is going to. Damn, Jack. <laughs> Mine would always have to go with either Chad or Kyle. Yeah, okay, Kyle. Kyle. Okay, Kyle. Kyle. We have a I mean, great the, Kyle the on our team. The Kyles I knew, like, you could punk them. So they weren't, like, really, they weren't, like, somebody who gave you problems. Maybe Phil? uh, Phil? I don't know. Yeah. Phil? (laughs) Phil's an old man name. I was just so, like, off the chair. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think. uh, I don't know. I don't know. I never paid attention. Skyler, Tyler, all those names of dudes who play lacrosse, basically. I mean, Um, Brody's appropriate, I think. Yeah, Yeah, Brody's pretty good. Um, Yeah. All this to say is uh, if you want to check out what the guy who created, created Eek the Cat and Better Off Dead is doing now, like 30 years later, yeah. uh, check this out. It's There's a sequel coming. Oh, yeah. There's you know a sequel. This. Yep. The one thing I did like was at the end, they do that thing where they show you bloopers. Always like that at the end I of a movie. love a good blooper scene. Love a blooper reel at the end of a movie. Although I don't like it in Pixar movies. I think that's annoying. That doesn't make do sense. That's like, stupid. You put make- in the labor for that. Right. I didn't see the come on. And you're like, this is y'all scripted this? Yeah, come on, Toy Story. You're you scripted better than that. spontaneity. It's not doesn't work better like that. that. It's the fucking magic is the spontaneity. Toy anyway. Story figured it out. Toy Story four has great uh post credit sequences. But um, Jack, we're dying to hear about this this indie flick. Right. So you might have been hearing some rumblings about oh, a new fuck. movie called Jurassic Park. <laughs> uh it's about dinosaurs, folks. Uh so the reason I wanted to talk about this, it's been the top movie at the box office overall during the pandemic. It's like people are going to see it at drive-ins and just wherever you can watch movies on big screens when no new movies are coming out. Netflix just released it on August 1st on Netflix, the whole trilogy, and the original has been 
in the top 10 ever since. I think it was like one of the top movies already of the past week based on like a few days. But uh, it was number four uh, a couple days ago. And yeah, so I, I wanted to go back. So I'm a Jaws guy. I love Jaws. That That is to me what Jurassic Park is to kids who are, you know, growing up now and like Jurassic Park is their favorite movie. So there's like a little bit of like competition in there that I had to like just put aside, put aside. Cause like, it's wow. not, it's not useful. Nobody wants to hear, but it's the same like dad, my old ass man take about how like jaws is better because the shows less and the antagonist oh, is here we more <laughs> consistent. So here's the thing. Jurassic Park does. It tries oh, to, I love Jurassic Park. Okay. Don't talk about it in the context of Jaws, though, Jack. Just okay. keep it, like, just stay focused here. So this is the thing that I noticed, regardless, not thinking about Jaws. Uh, <laughs> At it's, all. So the, so the antagonist is not the dinosaurs. The antagonist is chaos. And so there's all these like different things that happen where it's just... It's very loose, like the way that, like, at one point it's a car that's fallen out of a tree. At another point, it's like they're racing to get over this electrified fence. Just like stuff that doesn't happen in, let's say, another monster movie made by Steven Spielberg. But (laughs) so, like, they, they literally like stick to that. And that was just something that I had forgotten that they like really are like, yeah, no, chaos theory is actually the antagonist. Um, and it works. I mean, the, the thing about Jurassic Park is like the script is not as good as, you know, uh, some of the other like classic monster movies. Uh, but the effects are so fucking good. Like still they still. Yeah, they still. Oh, my God. There's like the when the T-Rex like is looking in the window and they shine a light in its eye and its pupil dilates like that is so well, that's because they did real. they threaded that needle of using practical effects and right. computers only when they needed it. So like that foot that comes down, that's real. That eye is real. But then the other stuff, that's really like when it makes you realize how far, like how lazy or not. I don't know. Whatever the reason is why right. everyone just so by the time the it. Lost World came around, they were using like more CGI, and that movie sucks. And like yeah. the the effects aren't great on that because it's they just like leaned too heavily on the computerized stuff whereas this movie is like mostly practical it's like half and half basically uh i thought at the time i was like man cgi stuff is like the future because this stuff looks amazing because that was like what everybody was writing about but like now looking at it you can tell that like all the raptor stuff the up close raptor stuff is practical effects all the stan winston yeah all the all the close up uh, T Rex stuff is practical effects. Ian Malcolm, uh, Jeff Goldblum is just making love to your eyes the entire time. He <laughs> he is on on camera. Sultry that man. that's yeah. another Sultry, thing Sultry that man. just the entire like, time, just nonstop. <laughs> he puts it on so thick. I, I it, it's no surprise that they tried to make him the protagonist. Of Do you the think sequel. like there were like like nerd guys who are like yo that's gonna be my swag when I hang yes. out with women like I'm I feel curious. like that's I the pickup artist is like yeah. body language the pickup artist body language like that sli- like slithering type of yeah. <laughs> body language gangly but I'm yeah. just curious like people who are like of age like you know if you were like 22 and 93 and you're like right. oh my god I'm I'm adopting oh the god Ian. I'm the Malcolm swag like black linen button up open 
You know what yeah. I mean? I'm gonna be like, give me your hand really quick. I'm just gonna put. A, <laughs> what if I put a dot of wine here? You're at a bar. You're like, oh, bro, you're getting it on my clothes. And like, oh, I'm sorry. Again. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is the pickup artist type of tactic. Yeah, so right. Let me show you something. I mean, right? Yeah, like a little. Ex- it's tactile too. It like involves touching. <laughs> yep. Oh my god! So he was the original uh, mystery, the pickup artist. He was. He was the, the beginning. In the book, his character dies. Spoiler alert! But apparently, they <gasps> wait. Had... There's a book. Yeah. To Jurassic Park? <laughs> <laughs> right, you got me there too. Damn it, Miles. Do you did you not take English literature in high school? <laughs> yeah. Did you not have a a Crichton a whole, section? A whole unit? It's oh, interesting. Christian? Yeah, Christian. Uh it's interesting because so he ended up like being a climate change denialist uh surprise just a terrible guy i actually read a short story by him one time they like did this thing of like short stories that were supposed to be literary from like people who are like sue grafton and michael Crichton, and his was like so dark and misogynistic and just like a guy murdering his ex-wife <laughs> and like oh. it was like oh man you are a bad person uh but that was He's back when I read time. everything that Michael Crichton wrote. Anyways, there, my, Ian Malcolm like ends up having all these like anti-science arguments in this movie that I hadn't remembered. Where he's like, you can't just invent mm. stuff just for the sake of invention, and like you kind of end up being in that argument on the side of John Hammond, the park owner, because like the, I don't know, it should be like all the stuff that goes wrong shouldn't go wrong like they they just like 20 things like a perfect storm comes together to fuck this up the very first time they go out um i remember it being like a cautionary tale of like don't mess with things that's extinct don't yeah, bring it back don't up. mess with nature uh, <laughs> i mean i know it, i mean i might be the only person that has seen jack's back tattoo but it does say your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could they didn't they, stop they, to they think, think if they should yeah which I think that By the was way, I, a great gold bloom. Uh, yeah, yeah. Good job. <laughs> yeah, good thank job. you so much. But I think like that was like the one part I feel like that only resonated like from all the stuff that his criticisms it's a great of line. it. It's a yeah. great line. Uh, yeah, but and, not in the more in the sense like yeah, but fuck it, bro. Like if you can blow right. it out with the, uh, embryos, the argument. <laughs> so like what the the thing that happens is they start they immediately start arguing on the scientific merit of what they're doing as opposed to the thing they should be criticizing is without consulting the broader scientific community you did all of these cl- all this cloning and then put them out there in a fucking amusement park like that's yep. what you did with it that's yeah. also i think they have to have time travel because the dinosaurs like a t-rex to be that old would have to be 20 years old so they've been either cloning these things for years and years and years and we're like years ahead decades ahead of the rest of the world in terms of science uh, or j- just to build an amusement park, or that's just a plot hole. Um, or are you questioning BD Wong in this movie? Because yeah. he was one of the. Just, how dare you? T Rex reaches you? full sexual maturity all female. at 20. That's right. Uh, in Jurassic Park. Right. Yeah. So, anyways, Malcolm ends up making like these anti science arguments, which is kind of weird. They struck me as weird, like in our present day when we're having that argument. Uh, with the president and his followers about the pandemic. Uh, That might just be specific to this very moment, though. And, yeah, there's also just this thing, like, where the font of the movie is 
seems like it should be like on a Happy Meal ad. Um, but because I think it's because it's so influential that like it was just so everywhere when I was twelve and the movie came out that like mm-hmm. I just associate it with that. But I like at the beginning of the movie, I was like, why? Why do I think this is so like? I don't know dissonant that like this this font is going with this like very serious music right um which that music did you guys i don't know i was in band anybody else in band when this came around oh we yeah actually played this music <laughs> yeah like we actually did it as our uh whatever yearly yep. we, concert we, we played this all we, we did it all one of the yeah, things I had underrated in the uh in my memory is just the earlier scenes of them like seeing the dinosaurs for the first time and the performances of everybody just being like, whoa, this is fucking amazing. Like I'm looking at a dinosaur. <laughs> like that's that's really a big part of the movie is like ha- the performances of people just being so fucking blown away by the fact that dinosaurs are there. Whereas, you know, I feel like in the more recent Jurassic Park movies, they're just kind of like, eh, yeah, there's a dinosaur. Because uh, that's yeah, the we premise get it, of the movie. Um, oh, you're new to Earth, bro? Yo, but I hadn't I hadn't seen the uh, teaser for the new Jurassic Park movie, the third of the Jurassic World films. Are uh, we still going with those? Okay. Yeah, and well, first of all, so the second, which I thought was like kind of uh, didn't do well, was actually a monster hit. Like overall, mm-hmm. it was just like people were kind of tired of writing about it, but um, it was a monster hit. And so this new one is the dinosaurs are loose in the world and it's just it's basically the San Diego scene from Lost World but just everywhere in the world uh right. everyone's in the pool together um and the trailer looks dope so i am holding out hope that they're going to make a second good Jurassic Park movie because uh this movie is fucking lit um oh just a quick thing that uh that font is called Neuland Neuland uh, yeah, and it's Sell like that. used on like American Spirits uh, uses that same sort of font and like a bunch of stuff. It's, it became a very influential font after, uh, or it's been around, but this guy, like this German typesetter made it, I guess, in like the 30s. Hell yeah, dog. Anyways, five stars. Great movie. I guess I'll have to check it out, man. It's what you yeah, say. You guys should, so yeah, you guys should. What cool. would you rate the Jaws movie? Jaws? Is, yeah, what would you Jaws? rate Jaws? Oh, like, dude. <laughs> Did you just say Did Jaws? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> No, I like, yeah, I'd, I'd go five stars for Jaws as well. Okay, I just like okay. movies a lot. But I mean, do you I think like there's things. a difference though? Because who who came who created the Jaws story for that script for that screenplay? Uh, Peter Benchley, and then a man who I met uh, when I was on a podcast. Oh yeah, when go fact yourself. Yeah, on go you fact yourself. Uh, well, because I'm just thinking of like how there's like source like if if there's a difference in the source material where like Spielberg's trying to adapt a Michael Crichton novel, like that's a right. You know, if that's a different, I'm just trying to see if maybe you could see the potential for Jurassic Park being on the same level of Jaws for you personally. It doesn't matter. I but. mean, no, they did the very best. This is a. Uh, perfect idea for a movie and the perfect execution of that idea like they they it couldn't have been done any better because like you can't not show the dinosaur right yeah there you go uh but you can't not show the dinosaurs because like the like it just doesn't work as well if it's right you know and then i don't know they they just nailed it so fucking hard and get guess (laughs) what do you think the budget of this movie was uh, Jurassic Park or yeah, Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Okay, 
in like ninety three dollars. Yeah, like nineteen ninety three dollars. You're gonna get it, but seventy five million. I was surprised. Sixty. Oh shit! I knew it was somewhere around there. Yeah, unbelievable. That's like that's un- like fucking believable. That's like a that's like a two hundred million dollar film now. Yeah, you know, easy. at minimum. Yeah. Before marketing. Comes. And it wouldn't be as good now because people were like, you can't do all these things. You won't be able to pull it off. And so he had to like think through every shot and how the effect was going to be pulled off. Whereas now they would just like do it in computers. Um, Which is what they do, right? Yeah. Right. With yeah. It? Yeah. And unless I, you're a sick actually... ass director like fucking our boy, Chris Nolan, man, he likes to do so much shit in camera, dog. That's like his secret, dude. Yeah. That's why he's the GOAT, bro. I mean, now you're talking about the greatest director of all time, bro. <laughs> dude. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. How about this? What if Chris Nolan did Jaws and Jurassic Park? Dude, those would be the <laughs> best be, films ever. Those would be the best movies ever, dude. Jaws versus Jurassic Park. Yeah, uh, and then he like gets Mick G to write the script. That would be exactly, dude. Tight. Hell um, yeah! All right, Spider Muffins. Let's head Brody out, man. One. Let's go grab some more beer. Brody two, and we're done, right? Brody Spider Muffins. One, Brody two. Spider Muffins. <laughs> Samantha, as always, such a pleasure having you on the Daily. Thank Zeitgeist. you so much. Where can people find you and follow you? Okay, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, McVeigh Samantha at Twitter or on Stuff I'm Never Told You with Mom Stuff Podcast at Twitter or yeah, on yeah. Instagram, McVeigh Sam, or on Stuff Mom Never Told You Instagram. Oh, yeah, yeah. And is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? I'm not going to lie. With the new NRA stuff, the March for Our Lives with their sending prayers and thoughts, that's been my delight. I'm not, mm. <laughs> I've been yeah. enjoying that. <laughs> Uh, Miles, where can people find you and what's the tweet you've been enjoying? Uh, let's see. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray. Also on the other podcast, 420 Day Fiance. If you watch 90 Day Fiance, come by. Check it out. We just recap the show. Talk some ish. Uh, a tweet that I like is just as someone did a screen grab. Uh, Allison Agosti at Allison Agosti. Just took a screen grab of when Ellen was on Comedians Getting Cars or Comedians Coffee Cars was signed yeah. Ford. Yeah, uh, and, and so this, they're, them, they're in a coffee shop and it's a discussion about Portia de Rossi and how she wants more horses. And like, it's just a screen grab. One is just Ellen with her arms crossed looking up and it just says, but she wants a lot. She wants lots more horses, which I don't. And then they cut to Jerry and he's saying, right. But what does that got to do with you? And then it goes back to Ellen oh and she goes, well, you know, it's a lot of horses. <laughs> it's just like this whole idea. It's just so funny. And then it, she just said, I knew Ellen was evil when she wouldn't let Portia have more horses. That's real though, right? That conversation. That's real. Yeah. That was yeah. just you doing your dead on Seinfeld. That was Yeah, that's not what it is. I just, I can't help it. But yeah, what he said was right. So what does that have to do with you? And but the the screen grab is so great here. I'm just gonna share this really quick just so you can see. Oh, it's I'm not the host, but anyway, she's so forlorn. The it's the perfect screen grab, like with the like, subtitle, because she's just looking down, like you know, it's, problems, like a, problems, it's a lot of horses, man. You know, I got a lot of horses, man. Anybody who watches that show and doesn't like feel like they're witnessing something evil happening, like just vaguely, not like, oh, that that person is the, like a killer or something, but just like Jerry Seinfeld and like his line of questioning is so troubling to me. I've right. always like, not troubling in any profound way, just like he just seems like such a asshole. Um, but you know what though, the one thing I do appreciate is at least he gets on to all his friends about not tipping. Like he made sure to let them know you're a dick if you don't tip right. well as a celebrity. So I and will appreciate that one bit. 
And I also appreciate that he'll make fun of their houses if it looks like it costs anything less than $15 million. <laughs> like, I uh, thought you were rich. I thought you were doing a g- having a good career. What's what is this on? shithole? This is um, what HBO gets you. <laughs> this is nothing. <laughs> you might as well be riding around in a Segway. Oh, what do you drive? You a Nissan Versa? Oh. I'm just going to stay on um, just to hear this impression. <laughs> one, uh, just one more Ellen-based tweet uh, is from at Matt Renayetta. It says, the A in LGBTQIA stands for actually, no, that's not the truth, Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some tweets I've been enjoying. Tara Millette tweeted, Ted Mosby in the year 2030 told the story of how he met his children's mother, and he never mentioned the coronavirus once. Uh, and then uh, HXC underscore clam tweeted, what if the balls got hard too? Um, and that's the sort of thing that I find funny. Uh, I would contact your, your doctor. <laughs> I would contact a urologist. Find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. We're link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on Miles What? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Children of the 90s. Or if you were buying (laughs) records in the 90s and early 2000s, you're going to like this. It's a wonderful mashup of Eve's. Uh, you know, let me blow your mind. You know, obviously Gwen Stefani is on there too, but we're focusing on Eve. And it's also mixed with like the lounging beat from LL Cool J. All the hits. Okay, so it's that beat with Eve mashed up over together. Uh, by this DJ called Nick Bike out in Vancouver. Shout out Vancouver. I hope, I think it's British Columbia or maybe it's Vancouver, Washington. Either way, all Vancouver stand up. Um, and this is Eve. Let me blow your mind. It's the Matt Hall and Nick Bike Jamaica dub remix. No? And bump this in your speakers. You can only get this one on SoundCloud, unfortunately, but you can download it for free on his SoundCloud. So that link will be in the footnotes. Footnotes. Uh, all right. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for this morning. We'll be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending. We'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye. Yo, drop your glasses, shake your asses, face screwed up like you having hot flashes. Which one? Pick one, this one, classic. Red from blind, yeah, bitch, I'm drastic. Why this? Why that? Lip stop fasting. Listen to me, baby, relax and stop passing. Expressway, head back, weaving through the traffic. This one strong, should be labeled as a hazard. Some of y'all niggas hot, psych, I'm gassing. Clowns, I spot them and I can't stop laughing. Easy come, easy go, Evie gon' be lasting. Jealousy, let it go, results. Tragic. Some of y'all ain't writing well, too concerned with fashion. None of you ain't Giselle, kept walking in bad.